Good evening and welcome to Teen Connect on WDIY 88.1 FM. I'm your host, Sudhant Kandelwal, and today I'd like to focus this segment on acceptance in regards to every aspect of life. We live in such a divided world, a world full of discrimination and social polarization. According to recent employment statistics, 61% of the employees in the United States have experienced or witnessed some sort of workplace discrimination. As humans working together to advance every aspect of life for the better, we need to ask ourselves, wouldn't it be better working together than apart? This century-old proverb is often underappreciated, but two heads are truly better than one. Age, sex, race, identity, culture, all seemingly universal human rights, but 100% acceptance and equality still isn't a reality. It only makes sense to get an insight from someone who has spent a majority of their professional life fighting against discrimination and for equality for the oppressed in the Lehigh Valley community. And so, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest this evening, Mrs. Danielle Joseph. Mrs. Joseph is the current Executive Vice President, Business and Diversity Councils at the Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Mrs. Joseph. Thanks for having me. So to start off, could you introduce yourself a little bit about your background and how long you've been working at each of your previous and present jobs? Sure. Um, so as you said, my name's Danielle. I work at the Greater Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce, and in June will be 20 years that I've been here. I started working in our Easton office at the Chamber when we first opened up and uh, made my way over to what we had called at the time the Mission Councils, and it was our Small Business Council and our Women's Business Council and then um, had a chance to really grow the councils into, again, their mission-based councils, but what have become now our diversity councils, which is our Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, our African-American Business Leaders Council, LGBTQ Business Council, Young Professionals, and still the Women's Business Council. So I saw online that the Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce is actually the sixth biggest in the entire nation. So Flashback 20 years ago, was it a lot smaller back then? So I had come on right when we were expanding. We were one of the first regional chambers in the country. Usually chambers are specific to a geographic region. Allentown had its own chamber. Um, Before that, it was like a Lehigh County chamber. Easton had its own chamber. Each city had its own chamber. So for, you know, we work as one unit here in the Lehigh Valley. So for a small business, if you're trying to do business throughout the whole Lehigh Valley, it wasn't very uh, economically Mm -hmm. feasible to join all of the chambers of commerce. So now, fast forward 20 years (laughs) later, we have like, I think there's like 27 regions under one chamber. So instead of having to join that many chambers of commerce, you join one and you have access to all of the regions, but also the diversity-based councils as well, the mission-based councils. Overseeing the African American Business Leaders Council, Hispanic Chamber, LGBTQ Business Council, I truly could go on and on with all the amazing work you do. What do you think is the true underlying driving passion of yours that inspires you to lead and be a part of such great things? My love for people and my curiosity and also when I see that people aren't being treated fairly Mm -hmm. or don't have a voice, that just something that doesn't sit well with me and I can't just let it go. So if I'm able to sit at the table, I want to make sure others are included and Mm -hmm. I don't want folks to feel left out. So that's something that's driven me to be as inclusive as possible. You know, even 
I'm the person at the office that if we're going out to lunch, uh, making sure that everybody's included <laughs> in the lunch plans, which yeah. can be cumbersome at times, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, that's just how I yeah. was raised. It's nice to make sure everyone is included. I know you said that's how you were raised. Did you have any personal stories from your childhood that came into play of leading you to this career? Not that I can remember, but it's funny that you look back at your childhood and I see that I work at the chamber and it makes sense. It Mm -hmm. like clicks. I had very good friends. However, I had friends with lots of different, I don't know if my high school is any different from any other, but (laughs) there were lots of different cliques. And I was friends with folks in lots of different cliques. I mean, at the chamber, that's what we do. We network and we connect. (laughs) So I was friends with the skater people, the sports people, and and on and on and on. So that makes, makes sense for me. And I was in something that was called peer assistance. We had a room that people could come to. If they needed like just like a timeout for the day and or able to come and talk about problems or we would help out folks. So that kind of makes sense for what oh. I'm doing at the chamber, just to be like a helping arm always in the community. Mm-hmm. So that that's makes sense for what I'm doing. Yeah. What was your dream job as a high schooler? <laughs> I always knew that I wanted to help people. I couldn't exactly put my finger on what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. So like when I went into college, it took me a while to figure out what my major was. But I always knew, even from a young age, that I enjoyed talking to people and learning about cultures. So I would major, I majored in Spanish and political science. And with that, that's not in high school, but in college. I started learning languages well before college. Oh. You know, I started when I, I had Greek school because I'm half Greek on Saturdays. And I started that when I was maybe eight years old. But just learning about different cultures and people, I knew I it was something to do with helping people and learning about different cultures. But I didn't know what that would entail. <laughs> Got it. So you majored in political science, government, and Spanish, right? Political science and Spanish were my Got double it. majors. Yep. Do you think this set you up well for what you do today? Yes, yes, definitely. So the Spanish, I mean, I wouldn't know where I would be without it, not not knowing it. I I love that I am able to speak it and communicate with people. Political science, my first teacher and my first professor, he just (laughs) kind of turned my world around. It wasn't like a government. Yeah. It was... I think the first book, it was like, corporations are going to get your mama. It was like (laughs) nothing I had ever learned in high school. And I was like, oh, my God. Like I was very – I wouldn't want to say sheltered, but my parents definitely protected me. However, they were also very liberal-minded. So Mm -hmm. they did teach me a lot about a lot of stuff, but I didn't know – they were liberal ideas. So (laughs) going into college and learning that, I I was very much like, wow, I want to learn more about this and more about this. However, how do you make a living learning that was a little... I found a way to make it work, though. As someone who's about to go to college, how do you think I can make the best of my college education? I think following what you're passionate about, of course. Mm -hmm. If I could do something differently, I would sit down with my counselor more. I would take advantage of that. I would take advantage of internships more. I did not do that. I did follow what I was passionate about, and I got really good grades, but I didn't take advantage of of the internships like I should have. I don't know why. I think I was shy, Um, but I think I would definitely do that so you can get experience and taste of what you like because you can get an internship into something that you think that you'd like and be like, oh, I absolutely hate this. And you can make really good connections. 
the unpaid internships, although you might be like, oh, I'm doing this, giving them free labor. <laughs> you're making really good connections and you get great references right. and you're also getting good experience. So I would do that for sure. Okay. So out of everything you're a part of, what do you feel you have the biggest connection to? That's a really hard question. I think I'm connected to each council differently mm-hmm. um, because different parts of my identity so I've worked with the Women's Business Council the longest, and of right. course I'm a woman. Um, but funny story with that, like when I first started I at the chamber, it was my second job out of college. I had worked um, with a local nonprofit, Valley Youth House, um, for two or three months. And God bless the folks that that work there. It's a really hard job. Yeah. And I, I wasn't made for it. And um, so I got a job at the chamber then. I heard they were hiring. And uh, I worked with the Women's Business Council, and I'm like, I can't believe, like, what, first of all, what am I doing at the chamber? It's a business organization. <laughs> I want to go change the world. And remember, I read that book, Corporations Are Going to Get Your Mama. What am I, <laughs> like, what am I doing here yeah. for business organization? What do we even need a women's council for? Like, gender equity, we're there. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, we don't even need this. And, like, was I so wrong? Yeah. So I very much, you know, the Women's Business Council has a, a special base in my heart however each council does you know the lgbtq business council i have family members and close family members that are part of the community and um you know everything that the the council does for the community is is amazing african-american business leaders council now more than ever, you know, we need this the right. safe spaces for folks to be able to get in the room and talk to one another or just not even talk to one another. Just get in a room with folks who understand what what we're all going through and just be able to explain how they feel in business and how they feel in Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. That was a standalone chamber. It wasn't a council that we developed that was a chamber that was on its own and partnered with us. So oh, I remember okay. when I first started at the chamber was when that Hispanic chamber had started on its own. So I had started going to mixers. So mm-hmm. that was fun as well. So if you had to quickly, for our listeners, just tell them, like, what are some of your responsibilities as part of these different branches and chambers? Could you elaborate upon that? Sure. From a high level um, so the chamber is a membership organization. People pay membership dues to us to help grow their business, to help get connected. We connect people. So my job is to keep people engaged. I do that through various different ways. I keep them on boards so that they make sure that their voice is heard in the business community. And I help facilitate the ideas and initiatives that they have. So if they have special events, it's my job to do all the logistics. Mm -hmm. It's my job to keep the boards organized. It's my job to retain members, but also engage new people in the community. So you were selected as a woman of influence. How did this make you feel? And are there any words of inspiration you could give to any of the young women listening today? I didn't want to accept at first. I'm I don't know, I guess maybe low self-esteem or something, but I was just like, there's so many women that I work with that are deserving. And I talked to one of my colleagues and she said, I think you should accept there's wonderful things that you that you do. And there could be someone in your position that gets inspired from you receiving the award. So mm-hmm. I accepted. And so what words of advice do you have for the young women listening today? Oh, I think sometimes it's hard to uh, Follow what you're passionate about and be strong about it, especially Mm -hmm. when 
you might be the a lonely voice in the room. Right. But to stand strong with that, to stand strong with what you're passionate about, because life, whether it's at home or at work, is difficult. But if you stand with what you're you're passionate about, it makes mm-hmm. it easier to sleep at night, to have integrity with yourself. What ways do you think teens should take initiative in their community? I know you were talking about people trying to take initiative earlier. And with teens being so imaginative, they often struggle with taking that action and the actual initiative. So volunteering. We have so many amazing nonprofits in the Lehigh Valley that need volunteers. I know in high school we volunteered at the different kitchens in the Lehigh Valley to bring dinner, and that were some of the most memorable memories that, that I have. Getting involved in nonprofits are wonderful ways to take initiative and get involved. So with volunteering, the ironic thing is so many of my peers often see volunteering as just a requirement to graduate. We have to fill the 100 hours of volunteering. So is there anything you would want to say to inspire students around my age to, you know, do volunteering for the other benefits apart from just being able to graduate? Well, I think selfishly, it kind of helps you understand what you like. So there's different places that you can volunteer at to understand what what your likes are, for sure. Okay. So we're going to be taking a short break. You're listening to Teen Connect with our guest, Mrs. Danielle Joseph. We were talking about her job in the Lehigh Valley Chamber of Commerce and general issues. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Celtic Fair, a celebration of Celtic music and culture, from its roots in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Galicia, and Brittany, to its branches in Australia, Cape Breton, Canada, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, and the Lehigh Valley. Bringing you music, interviews, and a weekly culture calendar every Thursday from 7 to 9 on WDIY Allentown listener-supported community public radio. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all the programming you hear possible. Becoming a WDIY member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure WDIY will be here for the next person in our community to discover. Make your membership gift today at 610-694-8100, extension 4, or WDIY.org. We couldn't be here without you. Welcome back to Teen Connect. We are talking about diversity, inclusion, and acceptance with our guest, Mrs. Danielle Joseph. And before we went to break, we were talking about how teens can take initiative in their community. So I know you mentioned that you remember the clicks back when you were in high school. And I'm sad to tell you, but those clicks still exist of the athletic kids, the nerdy kids, et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like the division has kind of been exacerbated by various biased opinions, information on social media. And I was wondering if you had any words of advice because the youth are still a little bit shapeable. So if you have any advice for any of us. Yeah, I couldn't imagine growing up now with social media and how (laughs) cruel and harsh it is. And not to mention brains are still forming. So to keep an open mind is definitely, I know that could be hard, especially when everyone's still living with their parents And I know politically it's difficult. The times get super exacerbated. It's even true for adults. And I know we have fully formed brains. So 
I would say to try to keep an open mind and you're still learning and experiencing. I know my 20-year-old self is so different from my 42-year-old self, and that's because I've had so many different experiences and have gotten to meet people. Even my 41-year-old self is different from my 42-year-old self because of experiences and people that I got to meet and who were able to share their experiences. I feel lucky that people have been have trusted me with being able to share their life experiences and how I'm able uh, to see life through their lens. And I feel, like I said, lucky every time somebody does take the time to explain things to me that maybe I'm not able to see because I'm not, I don't identify the way they do. I'm not, my skin isn't the same color as theirs. So I'm privileged to not have to look at life the way another person might have to. So for them to be vulnerable and share that with me makes, it helps me and it educates me and it helps me to see life differently. So I'm just passing that along that maybe try to, I know it's hard, but try to keep an open mind and and see the person um, that you might be talking to as just, they're a person just like you. I know there's so many, like even high schoolers, possibly even adults that still are afraid of being accepted in society because of possibly the color of their skin, their sexual identity, or other reasons as well. So do you have any words of advice for them in regards to how they can be accepted? Yeah. So they say there's the number one fear isn't death, it's public speaking. And it's because people, they fear that judgment. They're Mm. not being accepted. So as I'm learning, and I'm still learning as I'm growing, you're in this life for a minimal amount of time, a short period of time. And you're in the same body. You know, I struggle with certain issues. Body image is one of my issues. And you're in this body, you're in this, you have this mind for a short amount of time. And you just got to love what you got, you know? So the sooner that a person can learn that about themselves and accept and love about themselves, they can do that with other people and go on to enjoy the rest of their life. And I hope that that people are able to do that. So just for some people who still today remain biased from social media or polarizing perspectives of their parents – and I know you you have the chance to interact with so many of the people that possibly feel that discrimination. Would you be able to share any of their perspectives so that people can gain more insight on that? Yeah, there's so many things that a lot of us take for granted that because we are in we're in a place of privilege. And when I say privilege, it just means that we don't have to think about certain things because of the color of skin that we were born into or because of the sex that we were born into, that other people do. There's people that do have to think about that every day, their safety or, you know, whether they're going to be listened to when they say something at a meeting. I think that if we for a moment would, sometimes it's easier to close our mouths and try to listen (laughs) and to really put ourselves in their shoes and try to see it from their perspective, it it would make life a little easier and, and kinder for others. Right. For sure. So after meeting so many people and working with so many different groups of people, and now what is coming up on 20 years of being at the chamber... What do you think has been your biggest takeaway? 
So at the chamber, you get, you're lucky because you get to work with folks from every walk of life, and from CEOs to folks in sales positions, receptionists to janitors. So uh, one thing that I think I've learned, and and maybe it's something I learned a long time ago, it's just people are pretty much people. The CEO of a company still, and I know it's a stupid saying, but still puts their pants on <laughs> one leg at a time. Still goes through the same amount of you know things to park their car or whatever that we all do. So that's one thing that it's kind of I looked at people at different levels in such awe. And I still do because I respect, you know, what they've done and the hard work that they've done. But I also noticed, okay, there's they're a person too. Like so that's been helpful for me. Have any of your personal perspectives changed in this time? Many. (laughs) For sure. Would you be able to tell any of some of the perspectives you've changed that you know, before have not really occurred to you. Um, I know you said earlier that your parents were liberal and sometimes you just take things for granted in terms of, because it's just simply the way you grew up. And just like you said, your 41-year-old self is still is very different from your 42-year-old self. So what are some of those changes that you've experienced? Oh, there's so many of them to count. But like even as I was explaining before, the thought, they even thought that we didn't need a women's business council, that everything was fixed with the with gender equity. That's something that was very, you know, I needed to learn that until I learned it. And I've always been someone that needed to experience something head mm. on to learn it. <laughs> I'm still that kind of learner. But um, I'm very lucky to be able to work with the African-American Business Leaders Council. I've, you know, have been in meetings where folks are vulnerable and they share with me in the room that I feel very privileged to sit and and be able to listen and understand, not understand, but understand to my ability. And there's so many things that I thought still didn't happen in our country and they still do so yeah my perspective has changed I feel like each time I go into a meeting and Mm -hmm. um, board members can share experiences I learned something new many times Mm -hmm. so I know some people obviously are still in that position that you were in at your around possibly like 20 year old self where they think nothing is really wrong so from what you now know and the, all the knowledge that you have, would you possibly be able to share some things that could, you know, en- enlighten people and make them more knowledgeable about these issues? So, uh, yeah, for sure. I think that listening more has been very helpful for me, and that's something I learned the hard way. I think I come in, you know, wanting to show how intelligent I am and come and give my all in a meeting. But I've learned um, as I've grown up at my job to, you know, listen to the experience around the table. And um, that's been helpful. Form partnership and, you know, alliances with different folks of different ages. And um, that's also been very helpful. Stand together. I can I can talk about personally with women, other women, and especially when there might be times where it could be tough if there's not a lot of women in the boardroom forming allyships with other women to be able to kind of get a point across and how to do that has been very helpful. So different things like that. 
Yeah. So I know you mentioned that you've had the opportunity to interact with people who have been vulnerable to you. Does the chamber offer any resources for people to be vulnerable to leaders like you? We have, um, yeah, we have a couple mentorship programs. Um, so we have our Women to Women Mentoring Program. That's a year-long program. Um, it's a peer mentoring program. So we have six mentors and a group of about two dozen women that get together once a month and are able to, they, they have different topics that they learn on, but they're also able to share their experiences from work and I think from their personal lives and talk about that. And then we also have a small business mentoring program, much like um, Lehigh Valley SCORE does as well. That's another program in the community where retired business executives um, mentor small business owners. So I know lots of things change from year to year. And in terms of the Lehigh Valley community, have you seen any significant changes in terms of positive changes that have occurred throughout these discriminated groups? Yes and no. <laughs> um, so I've seen more interest in supporting different businesses, women-owned business, black-owned business, LGBTQ-owned business. I've seen more interest in diversity, equity, and inclusion, for sure. I've seen more interest in hiring ethnically diverse folks, younger folks. I've seen more interest in, in those areas. And 20 years from now, do you think things would be different? I would hope it would be second nature, Got but it. it's we don't need to have special classes. and Right. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> so now after hearing you talk, I'm sure there are plenty of listeners who would definitely be interested in possibly volunteering and taking action as you have. So are there any ways for teens or adults to take initiative in this? Sure. If we have plenty of opportunities, volunteer opportunities, we have committees for adults that are interested in business. And for teens, we do some special events that they can volunteer and help with. Some are after hours. So that would be perfect. On our website, it's lehighvalleychamber.org. Folks can get in contact with us. And there's a staff page. My name will be right on there. Danielle Joseph. I think that's how you found me. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> And now being so experienced and having had a, such a positive influence on so many people in your life, if you had to go back in time and tell your 17-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Take up more space. Take my time. I feel like I've rushed through a lot of things. So take my time and figure out what I really do enjoy and take up more space with it. Mm -hmm. My parents are always telling me that I'm soon not going to be a kid anymore and that I have to try and do more things. And so would you have any advice for parents like mine on that <laughs> they need to take time and possibly slow things down and really embrace the passions? You do so much and I don't know you that well, but I know you do a lot. You seem like a really cool kid. I don't know. I've been, you've always been really fun to deal with, so... You seem to make your passions into like nonprofit stuff that you're doing, which is amazing. And take your time and enjoy it. I got it. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Mrs. Joseph. I'm sure all of our listeners will now have a much better insight on all that you do for our community, as well as the simple fact that you really shouldn't limit yourself to anything and follow your passions. I myself feel way more inspired to take more initiative in my community. And lastly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was great. 
Thank you listeners for making time for this conversation. You can also find past episodes and other public affairs programming at WDIY.org and on all major podcast platforms. I'm Sudham Kundilal. This is WDIY 88.1 FM. Tune in next Thursday for more Lehigh Valley discourse, and we'll see you next time on Teen Connect. <laughs>